This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Live Not Lukewarm Podcast. I am very excited to be here today with Anne DeSantis. Anne DeSantis is the director of the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation. She's a Catholic wife, mother, and author. And she resides in the greater Philadelphia area. Welcome, Anne. Oh, thank you so much, Deanna, for having me on your show. So Anne and I have chatted before, but today we're going to talk about something specific uh, in that she has written a book. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the title of the book, and then I'm going to ask Anne to tell us a little bit about it. The title of the book is Love and Care for the Marginalized. Can you tell us about that? Yes, the Love and Care for the Marginalized is a short Catholic meditational book with 40 meditations. And every day when you read through this book, you will have a quote, a reflection, like one or two paragraphs, and then there's a call to action and then a prayer. And my original thought with this writing this book was that I wanted to do something that covered every single day of the year. But as I was writing it in my mind, I said, you know what, for my first book, I'm going to make this just 40 because there's a significance with 40 as a Catholic, right? 40 days, uh, many times in, in scripture and, and just in our prayer lives. So I, I just decided to go with the 40 and the book really is about making outreach to the marginalized in our lives. And, and I question that in the book and ask for people to think about who are the marginalized. Certainly they are the poor, the sick, the homeless, but the marginalized are also a part of our everyday lives. They could be people in our own homes, our neighborhoods, our churches, in our work. You know, there's marginalized people everywhere we go. And so that's the focus of the book. It's an interesting way to look at it because I think we have a tendency to look, well, I have to go find people to help. And would it be correct to say your point is that we don't need to look very far at all to find people who need our help in some way or another? Exactly. And sometimes people need the corporal works of mercy, you know, actually helping to get food and shelter and water and clothing and, and things like that. But the spiritual works of mercy could be simply praying for someone, offering sacrifices for them. And a big part of it in my book is a focus on listening, something I call active listening that not many people, I don't think not many people are skilled at it. And active listening, I think, is an important thing, not only for Catholics and Christians, but really for anybody. I mean, so the book, even though it is a Catholic book, uh, it is appropriate really for anyone to buy and give as a gift and to keep at your bedside and go back to over and over again. Yeah, so it's really not the kind of a book that you read from, you know, page one to the end and say, okay, I'm done now. It isn't that sort of a book at all. It's really a book to say, okay, so here's this meditation and here's this call to action. And I think it's good that you didn't do one for every day 
because a lot of times call to actions, they take time, you know, to do. Some of them I'm sure are, are short, but some of them might be more involved. And so this way it gives us something to plan in our spiritual journey, right? How are we going to reach out to people on a regular basis? Yeah, that's exactly what my thinking was in terms of the call to action. And for anyone who's listening, who has ever gone through something, and we all have, right? We've all gone through so many things, both good, bad, and somewhere in the middle. Absolutely. And as Catholics, you know, once we've gone through something and God has helped us to get through it, because in the end, you know, God always does help us to get through everything. Even if the answer isn't exactly as we wanted it, he still helped us to get through that difficult time in our lives. But I think sometimes in the Catholic world, and you know, I'm a podcaster too. I forgot to mention that to you when I sent you the, um, the bio, is that I'm a podcaster for the Sewing Hope podcast with Bill Snyder and also have my own online show called Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis on Fiat Ministry Network, where I interview a lot of people similar to yourself, Deanna, who are in ministry, a lot of Catholic authors, nonprofits, and people who are doing great things. And the one thing that I've learned about Catholic ministry is that there's a very large emphasis on what we call catechesis. And you know what that is. I know what that is. And really what a catechesis is, is really knowing our Catholic faith. And how do we do that? We do that through, of course, reading the catechism, through reading Holy Scripture, through prayer. And I think also through reading other Catholic books and talking with others who are knowledgeable about the faith. And when I've talked to people about catechesis, to me, I hear a lot of things regarding the following of our commandments and pro-life issues, which of course to me are very, very important. I myself go to Planned Parenthood and pray once a month uh, in Philadelphia. But I've never really, honestly, from people who are really hardcore into their Catholic faith and in ministry, I've heard very little about what it really means to be a compassionate human being and being a good listener and, and the way that we treat other humans. And there's still a, a lot of, I see, I think, still think there's a lot of competitiveness in the Catholic ministry world. And so part of why I wanted to do what I'm doing with this book was to bring us back that, yes, all of these things are very important, making sure that people know and understand the faith, that they're well catechized, that they are spreading the correctness of our Catholic faith. But we can never lose the fact that we need to treat human beings and treat each other with dignity and respect with no competition with between us being good listeners and not gossiping about one another. So that was really my thought with this book was that I wanted to address that. Um, I remember some years back reading some things online that you don't necessarily have to be quote nice to be Catholic and to catechize people. Now, um, and I know that there's two different ways of looking at that. We have kind, being kind to people, and then being nice. Because you can be kind to someone without being syrupy, sweet, quote, nice, right? But my Absolutely. point in my, my, the point in my book is that being nice can't hurt, really. It can't hurt to be nice to someone and kind, to smile, care about somebody, 
right? And not be so black and white the way we respond to others and things like that. And, um, and so that was really my thought with this book was addressing that whole issue about how we treat other people, how we treat each other as Catholics and especially as serious Catholics too. Uh, I think that just bringing us back to, yeah, you know, being kind and nice to one another is a very important thing. We can't lose that even in the midst of all of the catechizing and evangelizing that we're doing. You've said so many things and I'm not sure what I want to respond to first. So first I'll say this catechesis is about knowing, but knowing without living out your faith is really not the point. It, it really is not to say, Oh, I know all this stuff. Well, if it doesn't inform your life and if people like that old song we used to sing a hundred years ago, they'll know we are Christians by our love, right? If people don't see it, then what is the point of all that knowledge? And I think too, everything you said, really, Jesus said, Jesus told us, what is the greatest commandment? Well, first to love God above all others and above all else, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And that, that is what you're talking about in that caring, being kind, being nice. You know, we look sometimes at people who are nice and kind and go, yeah, well, what do they know? You know, they're not really being, you know, the world is going to run them over, that sort of thing. You know, you can't be that way. Um, and I, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. And so um, the idea that our focus in ministry is not only I mean, teaching, I mean, teaching is a huge part of what I do, but it's also putting faith into action. Uh, just how do we live it every day? Mm. Oh, well said. I agree with you because it's got to be a combination of education, reflection, and real learning, and then also living it out. And, um, and, you know, I have to say, I think personality does play a part in all this. Let's face it. There are people who are more reserved type people. There are people who just aren't naturally like super in quotes, nice people, but that doesn't mean that they can't give it a try, right? Give it a try. But I think a big part of it is Deanna. I, and I do think that this is a sin that I don't hear talked about enough in the church. And that is that of gossip and detraction, because I do think that it happens in our Catholic world. Um, I've seen it and I hate to say I've even experienced it. I'm sure that you have too. Um, but we need to be careful with that because there are people who do go through depressions and people who do have like personality disorders or different things like that, that yeah, they should be referred to therapists or psychologists and get help. That makes sense. Of course. But at the same time, we shouldn't, we, sh we, we shouldn't write them off that if they're going through some kind of a hard time to just simply say, well, you need to go to a therapist or you need to go get some professional help. You know, sometimes what they need is for someone to just take five, 10, 15 minutes just to listen, to be a friend, you know, and, and that, I do think that's an important thing because there are people who suffer because of life's circumstances, let's face it. And there are people who suffer and I hate to say this because of the hands of someone else. Yes. 
There's and that happens a lot. Yeah, it does. And I think it goes back to your point that people need to be heard and real listening means paying attention to the person in front of you without being distracted by the phone, which is, you know, the, the most, it's the best and worst thing of our world sometimes, right? That, that, that phone that we all carry in our purse and our pocket that has everything on it, you know, and it's easy to be distracted. And that's a definite issue that I see in the world. You know, yeah, people have struggles. And so we want to say, oh, well, just, you know, go, talk to your therapist. Don't talk to me about it. Well, that's not fair. That's not very Christian. <laughs> um, you know, mm -hmm. they just because someone is suffering with a problem, whether it be a physical problem, an emotional problem, a mental problem, our call as Christians, as Catholics, is to love and to show care and concern. So I think it's great that in your book you have, you know, the focus on the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And sometimes I think we discount the spiritual ones because we don't see those as much. Like we, we can't necessarily see people doing the spiritual works of mercy as easily as we see them or the need for the corporal works of mercy. How did you strike a balance with that? Well, the way that I sh sh struck a balance as I was writing the book was that I pulled in different people's quotes for these 40 meditations. Now, some of them are popes, some of them are saints, some of them are my own. I put a couple of my own quotes in there. Uh, some of them are non-Catholics. Like for instance, I, I added some from Muhammad Gandhi and also Dr. Martin Luther Ju uh, King Jr. And between the balance of all of those quotes, I was able to cover both, you know, both the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy. I would say they're probably more heavily in the spiritual works of mercy and that whole listening aspect of simply caring about people. I mean, the other thing is sometimes I think as Catholics and as Christians, we can get into a checklist of, okay, well, I want to be a good Catholic. So I'm going to do this, that, and the other and make my checklist. Did I, you know, help the poor? Did I give enough money to my church? Did I this, that, you know, and my idea with this book was to simply look be to look beyond that, not to say that we shouldn't do all those things. We write, we should give to our church. We should give to the poor. We should pray for others, but that there's simple ways through our daily lives that we can be more Catholic people by that. I mean, universally kind, loving and and disciples of Christ and that people will know us by our love for others. They will be able to identify us by the way we react. I mean, I think simply you mentioned the phone. And I think that we're in this age now where the word busy becomes almost a compliment to say, oh, well, I'm slammed. Now, I didn't even I don't use that word slammed. Slam meaning that I'm so busy that I have no time to, to take a, a 10 minute phone call from somebody who wants to talk to me for five minutes about whatever. And, and I know that people get busy with their schedules and they look at their day and think, oh my gosh, I'm just slammed. But I think it also gives the impression that I leave no room in my life for 
being open to the marginalized, being open to someone who might need to just ask me a quick question, who might need to have a few texts that they want to send me and ask me my opinion about something. So when I say I'm slammed, you know, it doesn't leave very much room for me to, to, to act out on God's will when I leave no time other than what I have scheduled that day. So as busy as I am, and, and I am pretty busy, I would say, because I'm the director of a foundation. I, uh, I'm a, I mean, obviously I'm an author for a few different websites. I'm a, author with Catholic Mom, Catholic 365, and also with uh, Catholic Lane. I'm on the board of directors for a couple foundations. But I will be honest, I will take, a, I will take random phone calls. I will take random texts from people and I will answer my emails back as soon as I can. And to me, that's how I can be attentive to others is not saying, you know what, I'm slammed. I have no time to talk to you for two weeks. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It absolutely makes sense because that's what we are called to do. We are called to be present and we are called to be the face of Christ. And think about Jesus. Did he, was he too busy? Yeah, he was busy. But how many times in scripture do we, we see him say, all right, we need to take care of these people in front of us. All the, the miracles of the loaves and fish were all about Jesus realizing that the people had been spending so much time with him that they needed to, to be fed. So he, he fixed the problem. He spent time with them. He cared. He didn't say, oh, I'm too tired. I've cured a hundred people today. I can't cure the next one. You know, <laughs> that's not who Jesus was. Um, and so we cannot do that either. I think, you know, the statement you made is that we're called to be kind and loving disciples of Christ. And it sounds like to me that this book, uh, this love and care for the marginalized, these 40 meditations would be a great way to implement being kind and loving disciples of Christ. Thank you. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And I thank you for having me on the show and giving me a chance to tell people about the book. And, you know, my, my attitude about this book is this. I, I, I do hope people buy it and I do hope that people read it. But if it doesn't become any some kind of bestseller, which I, I doubt just because of the way the world is, you know, um, I'm, I'm not expecting to make any money from this book. I'm not going to be pushing this book super hard in the whole, you know, promotional world. I'll probably do a lot of it on my own. I want to mention that the book will be available through karispublishing.com. That's C-H-A-R-I-S publishing.com. It'll also be on Amazon. Now, right now we're recording this at the beginning of May, and I know that it'll be published. This podcast will be published in early June. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, it will be available at karispublishing.com and on Amazon. Or you can simply go to my website at andesantis.com. And there's, there'll be a link there that you can actually purchase the book. Okay. But my point of this book is really just to the lessons, the life lessons that I have learned about being a better person. Uh, these are my own life lessons that I think will help for people to help other people, but also to stay sane in an unsane, insane world, right? It's to, to help for you to stay sane, stay sane and to help other people to also stay, you know, stay healthy, right? Healthy and also virtuous too. 
Well, I, for one, am looking forward to seeing a copy of the book when it comes out. And I will also just remind everyone listening that I will drop links uh, to Anne's website as well as the publisher so that you can go ahead and, and check out the book and also Anne's work. She does great podcasts, um, Sewing Hope podcast, and then her own Journeys of Faith. Uh, just great people that she interviews and it, it gives you a boost in your faith because you know that other people are walking not the same journey. None of us walk the same journey, but that everyone is walking their faith journey. There's struggles, there's high points, there's low points, and it's nice to hear people's stories. And so that's one of the things that I appreciate most about being interviewing people is I get to hear people's stories and share those with others. And it sounds like your book also is a reflection of the things that have happened to you in your life, which is always the best place to write from our own personal experience. You know, I think it definitely gives people a glimpse into spiritual lives of people who are day to day living out their faith. Like you said, we're not, we're not um, best-selling authors, but we are cultivating the kingdom of God and just doing our, doing our part, you know, just doing our part every day. And I think that's important. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. Uh, it, it's very true. And and I also want to address one more thing, if I could, about this book, because we also live in a world, we hear the word bullying. And I think bullying has a bigger definition than we realize. It isn't just the, the kid that goes to school and that the, the guy that's bigger than him pushes him up against the lockers and, and asks for money or lunch money or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot more than it's a lot more than that. And I think sometimes in our world, whether, whether it's in our work world, in our families, extended families, in our neighborhoods, there can always be those very big personalities, you know, people who like to sort of take center stage, they do most of the talking and the, the people that are sort of quiet in the background, who don't say too much, who don't feel as much part of the group, and maybe they don't quite fit in with everybody else for whatever reason. This book is for them too. This book is, is for those people who aren't those huge personalities who come into a room and they just sort of take over, you know? And so that's what love and care for the marginalized is, is to realize too that I think it is sinful when we want to be those huge personalities, that when we want to be the person who takes up all of the conversation when we talk to someone, when we don't know how to listen to someone, and when the person walks away and we talk about them to our friends and, you know, let's face it, it happens in church. It does. I mean, it happens in our churches. It happens with clergy, clergy do it. Clergy, clergy also gossip about people and it's a wrong thing that needs to be corrected. Are, you know, the church is not free of imperfection because the church is made up of very many imperfect people. Um, and I think, I think it was in, was it St. James? Certainly St. James's letter in, in the New Testament is one of the best resources scripturally about how to control your tongue and mm. thin of gossip. And I've read somewhere, and maybe you know who said this, Anne, I cannot recall, but the tongue is the most powerful uh, muscle in our, in our body because with it, we can just basically, you can cut people up with your tongue, which is wrong. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty common 
phenomena, this idea of gossiping and speaking badly about people. It starts from a very, you know, you can see it in, in elementary school and it just goes from there. Um, and so this sounds like it will be a good resource for a lot of different people to really look at uh, how are we living? How are we living? Are we living as Christ calls us to live? And that's always my question. You know, I love to learn and I love to know things, but I also take to heart Catherine of Siena's quote. She says, love follows knowledge. So to me, that says, I can have all the knowledge in the world, but if I don't love and I don't treat people the right way, then I'm not doing, I'm not doing the Christian thing correctly. I'm really not. Yeah. Amen. I agree. Because when we really think about what does it mean to be Catholic and I want to specifically make a shout out to those who are listening, who are Catholic authors or somehow ministers within our church is that, you know, I think we always have to remember that it's not about us and the work that we do is not so that we can get ahead or so that my podcast is number one and that everybody knows who I am. It really has nothing to do with me at all. It has to do with doing the right thing. And my book, really, if I have to say one goal of this book is to lift up those people who have been marginalized, forgotten, shunned, hurt by others and lift them up because they need it. And, and we all need it, but especially those who have been marginalized in some way. They're good people and God loves them. And really, honestly, they are living out the Beatitudes because they are poor in spirit and they are mourning. And they might not be the most popular people that we know either. So keep your eyes open because those marginalized people really are probably some of the best people that you'll ever meet. Amen. Amen. All right. And thank you so very much for being a part of the podcast today. And uh, as I said earlier, I will be dropping a link so that you all can learn more about Anne's new book, Love and Care for the Marginalized, 40 Meditations, that will really give you something not only to think about, but some great ideas of things you can also do. So Anne, thanks again very, very much. And for our Not Lukewarm Challenge this week, what I'm going to suggest is that you spend some time listening to those around you without judgment, without thinking in your head, what do I need to say, but just truly listening to people and offer that as your prayer in that listening. So until next week, I encourage you all to remember to live, not lukewarm. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.